Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Essex sends it straight ahead. Barkov has room, cruises in Barkov, makes it over, he scores! Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plagans. Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth episode of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. And we're rolling along here, episode number five already. Time flying by here on uh, Territory Talk. So we thank you once again for being with us. Doug Plagans here alongside Jamison Olive and today's special <laughs> guest, my broadcast partner on all the Panthers uh, radio broadcast, Billy Lindsay here with us. And uh, again, great to have you here, Billy. And uh, and here we are right in the middle of this, uh, this playoff race as we, we cruise along. So it's the Panthers uh, really having a, a great end of the season here. Year, great end of the regular season. They've been on quite a run. Just for you guys, what's been the most impressive thing here lately? Incredible push. Just to see this core develop. You see Barkov, Huberto, Trocek, what they've been able to do this year. Ekblad seemed to bounce back from some problems last year. He's become a pr- premier defenseman. And uh, Dadnoff coming on board has been exceptional. Uh, to, so you got this core to build around that's going to be here a long, long time. Uh, it's exciting. No matter what happens, playoffs or not, uh, this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the years to come. It's going to be exciting to watch this team grow. And Trocek, Kubro, Barkov, those type of players are going to continue to get better. And you're just going to have to build around them. And you look at the teams that have won Stanley Cups, L.A., Chicago, uh, those type of teams, Pittsburgh, how'd they do it? They built through the draft, got an incredible core that they build around. Same thing's happening, happening here with the Panthers. Hey, like you said, the Panthers, they don't need to go out and get a star. They have their stars now. They're locked in. They just need the complementary pieces. They need a vet here, a vet there. Those little guys that are going to help push you over the edge. But they're right there on the cusp. And uh, like we talked about last week, I mean, it was, I think it was two seasons ago, Yarmar Yager said, the great prophet said, this team's going to be scary in three years. And, you know, here we are. The next year will be the third year. And that's kind of the year where, obviously, this season's still wide open. Mm-hmm. But next season, when they're coming out, they're not going to have that same stumble in the beginning of the season. They're going to come out hot. And maybe maybe we can finally be one of those teams that, you know, cook and coast from November on. It kind of feels like, feels like we're safe for a little bit yeah. for the whole season because uh, these these end of the season stretches getting a little bit too stressful for us these past three seasons so yeah I mean I think the sky's the limit and uh like Doug and I talked about previously it seems like no one's playing out of their mind this season mm-hmm. every guy the Trocek Barkov Huberto they're all just kind of taking that logical next step in their progression mm-hmm. and none of these guys like no one's gonna say well yeah Troch is never gonna put up 70 points again no I think he could be a, this could be him this could be a 70 point guy now same with Barkov almost hitting 80 these are just who they are no no one's just kind of going above and beyond uh, from the blue line out and the big thing that they've done they, they lock these guys up and don't forget about Matheson even Bukestad in this conversation all these guys are locked up to long-term deals that are gonna in my opinion be real friendly contracts uh, these guys are gonna play they're gonna be worth their value and you're not signing these contracts when they're 28 30 years old when these contracts are gonna expire at 36 38 you're gonna get these guys best years prime years, yep. prime years so that core locked up to those deals uh, uh, that's what's exciting they're going to be here and they're going to be here for a while uh, Matheson is going to be a star in this league uh, it's just going to continue to grow and get better and uh, as we grow along here on territory talk we are going to talk uh, here about the Panthers team that you love we're also going to go beyond hockey <laughs> with Billy Lindsay and talk about uh, talk about some other things coming up here and uh, going back through the years and things like that so lots to cover here on this episode of territory talk but for uh, for you guys, just looking at this Panthers team, you talked about all the skill that uh, this, this lineup has. You talk about the young guys that continue to take that next step. As far as just uh, the impressive, talented Panthers teams you've seen over the years, where does this one rank with the, the guys that the Panthers have here and, and the sky being the limit for some of these guys? I think it, this is it. This is the most talent they've had. 
especially as far as a young nucleus. When can you look back? If you look back at the Nathan Horton, Jay Bogmeister, Stephen Weiss, those type of players, good, but not great. We've got some players that have the potential to be superstars. Barkov, to me, is a top 10 player in the National Hockey League. Huberto's going to get up into that rank. Trocek starting to a starting to assert himself that Vlad's going to be in that type of conversation. So where you had good players in the past, um, now you have good to great players, and they're going to continue uh, to get better. So they've had some talented rosters in the past. Ole Jokinen had some really good years here. But uh, we've just never had five or six guys that are premier dominant players in the NHL like we have now. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I, I think this is obviously the most talented the Panthers have ever, ever had, ba- both based on current talent and mm-hmm. potential, like you said. But at the same time, I also think, obviously, there's been teams that have gone farther. Your team, obviously, mm-hmm. made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I also think, looking at the big picture, Bob's the guy that can take all this talent and turn this into not only the most talented Panther team, but the best Panther team <laughs> in general. To kind of, he's, he's done a really good job getting all these guys to work together to buy in. And it's amazing when we have all this talent, when you have Barkov, Huberto, Trocek, it seems like everyone checks their ego at the door, mm-hmm. which is going to be huge for this team going forward because that's the best part too all these guys are a lot of them are homegrown talent they've grown together these guys have know each other since their <laughs> first d camp i mean and no, everyone's so humble because they all know they were they all started from the same place with the panthers no one's come in and been like hey this is my team you know back <laughs> off guys it, it seems like everyone wants to just lock arms and do this together which is so great so like we said just from a talent perspective i'm, I'm with billy this uh, i think this is it this is the mm-hmm. most talented panthers team and it's only gonna get better from here i think you guys are right uh most talented panthers team that uh, that we've seen and uh the sky really is the limit this season, uh, regardless of, of how things go, there have been a ton of strides that have that have been made, and and certainly moving forward, this is a team that is just scratching the surface. The window is really just opening for this team as far as being able to contend for that Atlantic Division and the Eastern Conference, and, and even beyond that. And like Billy said, I think the biggest thing is the contracts. These guys are all locked up. This team went out, ownership went out, Vinny Viola went mm-hmm. out and spent. You know, Dale Town was given the green light because in the past, like you said, the Panthers have had some talented pieces, but keeping them around was difficult, and now that's not the case anymore. If you're talented and you're helping this team win, Vinny Vial and Dale Talent, they're going to lock you in. You're here to stay. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing, too. Because like you said, I think the window's cracking open, and I think it's going to really bust open for the next five years after this season. And you got commitment from top to bottom with Mr. Viola, Doug Sifu. These, they want to win. They're committed. Uh, they're going to spend the resources. Dale Talon uh, in charge. He knows what he wants to do with this hockey tub club. So, And there's accountability. There was uh, some mistakes last year. Moved on. That was in the past. They put it back there, and they moved on. Got a, an exceptional coach in Bob Bugner. And uh, this is a committed team, and that's what you need, not only on the ice but off the ice. So when you have that type of commitment and that ability to build around these players, it's there and it's solidified, and the, the expectations has been raised on and off the ice. And uh, a lot of the key members of this Panthers team, as we've just discussed, guys who've come up with the Panthers, guys who debuted with the Panthers. The Panthers have had some NHL debuts this season, Henrik Borgstrom being the most recent <laughs> NHL debut. Billy, let's let's turn back the clock a little <laughs> bit here. Let's go back to when you made your National Hockey League debut, and it was with yep. the Quebec Nordiques. Yes. And, uh, and uh, I don't know that you necessarily expected to play <laughs> that night. Give us the background on it. Yeah, I was fifth-round draft pick of Quebec. Tried out for the U.S. Olympic team when there was no NHLers like it turned back to now. Made the team in August, made the U.S. Olympic team, was on a pre-tour, was not playing a lot, uh, played junior hockey in Tri-Cities, was having a game in Spokane, Washington, which is about two hours from Tri-Cities, Washington. Had 40 people in the stands. We were playing Canada, exhibition game. I was captain for the game. Uh, The coach did not give me a shift. Did not put me on the ice one time. 
one time. So I phoned my buddy in junior hockey in Tri-City, said, I'm coming back. Told the U.S. Olympic team that uh, I'm quitting. I'm going back to junior hockey. Uh, I got some harsh words from USA Hockey that as a quitter, I would not be welcome. I, my NHL career would not evolve. It's not going to happen. And uh, I was in tears. I was embarrassed, uh, but I thought it was the right decision. I went back, played 43 games of junior hockey, had 93 points, was rolling along pretty good. Went to an all-star game in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, unbeknownst to me, the assistant general manager from Quebec was there. Came out to me after the game, had a good game. I think I was third star of the All-Star game. Uh, came out to me and said, listen, we want to sign you to a contract. We'll send you back to junior. Just want to get everything in place. And that was, so I flew, and they were playing Calgary. So I flew from Saskatoon to Calgary. My agent came up from Vancouver, and uh, they were going to get a contract done. My parents told me, whatever you do, don't sign a contract. Just hear what they have to say. Sign the contract in the summer. You're having a good year. But just hear them out and just promise me. My parents said, promise me you don't sign a contract. I said, yes, mom and dad. I'll just see what it is. I won't sign anything. So at the hotel lobby of the Westin in Calgary, agent, general manager, get it all out. And it's literally on paper napkins, the contract. It was, it was literally on napkins. And uh, they came to me and my agent, we were alone and said, listen, my parents told me not to sign anything. My agent said, you're a fifth round pick. If you don't sign, I can maybe get you an extra 5000 in the summer. Just sign the thing. Get it done. So it's 5 o'clock. And I said, what the heck? I'll just sign the contract. So sign the contract. And uh, they come in, the general manager, the coach, and said, you're not going back to junior hockey. Uh, you're going to play for us tonight. And I was like, what? So they didn't have time. There's no cell phones back then. I didn't have time to phone my parents. Nothing. Half an hour later, I was in the Saddle Dome getting dressed for my first ever NHL game. Uh, my parents were driving back. They were at the game in Saskatoon going back to Montana. Stopped in a hotel halfway uh, to sleep. Turned on the game. The game was on. They said, there goes Lindsay down the ice. Um, that was their first recollection of me playing in the NHL. And that's where my NHL career started. Um, no expectations. I went from junior hockey uh, to the NHL. Played 23 games. Made the team the next year. Played half a year, went down to the minors, and then got picked up the expansion draft here in Florida and uh, started, that's when I really started the meat of my career. So a weird story, but uh, nonetheless shocking. So a lot of things. First of all, with that NHL debut, um, what, what, what do you recall from, from that evening? I remember going on the ice, and in the WHL at that time, you warmed up separately. One team would come out, and then the other team would warm up because of the fights. They had some issues. So, okay. they, had, they had so had some issues. <laughs> so first thing, I get out there, and you're warming up with the other team. And on the other side, I'm looking over. There's Fleury, Al McInnes. Uh, you're looking around. Mike Vernon and that. I'm just star starstruck. Just, is this possible? Is this happening? I had number 60 on. I was trying to I wore a visor my whole life. No visor. How old were you? I was uh, 19, 20. I just turned 20. Um, so I was just out there and I was on a line with Matt Sundin and Owen Nolan. And I was like, geez. And uh, had five shots on net. Had a breakaway. Did not score against Vernon. I thought, I got this league. I know it's going <laughs> to... I thought, this, <laughs> I'm making the right jump. Uh, two goals, I think six points, and 23 games later, I got a little uh, awakening in how tough the NHL was going to become. But a little bit about that coming in kind of blind. It seems like in today's world with the internet, with social media, guys know who other guys are <laughs> all the time. Like if when Henrik Borstrom came up, everyone in the Panthers locker room knew who he was when he came yeah. to the door. But back then, when you came into that locker room in Quebec, did, the, did your teammates know who you were, or were you just this fresh face? Everyone kind of like, who's Billy Lindsay? 
That's pretty much the reaction I got. <laughs> I remember Kip Miller got scratched because of me and was not happy. I remember Kip Miller putting his stuff in his bag, throwing his stuff in the bag violently. And this was a time when Quebec was bad. And uh, so I ruffled some feathers as a young kid coming up. And I had to make some introductions. They shook my hand and a lot of players were not aware because I don't think they were even aware that I was there to sign a contract. And all of a sudden I showed the rink uh, to play for him. Yeah, so social media was definitely different. Had to make some introductions and just learn on the fly. Your parents are probably happy you made your debut, but at the same time you did sign that contract. Yeah, I, How did that I did, conversation I, go? I disobeyed them. Uh, I guess when they saw me in the NHL, it was going to be yeah. okay. So uh, the conversation, I think they were elated at the time. It was a long road uh, to get there. My parents always had belief uh whatever i was going to do they were going to fully support it they weren't those parents that pushed me drove me they just uh said whatever you're going to do make sure you you have fun you enjoy it and you just make the right decisions uh for yourself so it just ended up to me that it worked out in the right positive way now that you mentioned that you uh you played with Sundin and nolan there in your and first Sackett game too was there and <laughs> your your first goal how long did you have to wait for your first goal and and i believe i remember you telling me that one of those guys factored into that first goal yeah matt Sa- matt Sundin and Cla- claude lapointe were the guys that got the assist on my first ever goal it was against don beaupre driving hard to the net might have been goaltender interference today uh, as it went on <laughs> it literally still under review it, it, as most of my goals would be in the nhl just went off my leg and then I went sliding into Beaupre and the puck ended up into the net uh, I just remembered uh, kind of in shock and in awe but uh, Matt Sundin and Claude Lapointe were the guys that assisted on my first ever NHL goal I feel like guys today kind of hang on to their stuff and their milestones a little bit more than they did back then do, what, do you have anything from that early that debut your jersey or that puck from the first goal or anything? I wish I had the puck I left it in my stall we left on a road trip after and I came back, and the puck was not in my stall. The only good thing, it was the 75th anniversary of the NHL, and all the pucks were the same, the 75th. So I just grabbed a puck with the 75th anniversary logo and assumed it as my first goal puck. So I don't actually have the first goal puck, but I have a replica that looks like one. So if you're listening and you were at the Saddle Dome back then. <laughs> yeah, we're looking for pucks. Bill Lindsay wants his puck back. We're looking for some pucks. And so uh, I want to talk about next season real fast here. Season tickets. They're on sale now. It'll be one to remember next year, the 18-19 season. Priority access and Stanley Cup playoff tickets for season ticket holders. You can get exclusive savings on select BB&T Center concessions and more. Learn how you can become part of Panthers territory by visiting floridapanthers.com slash Ticket Central or call 954-835-PUCK. And, uh, and Billy, just looking at your Panthers years as a whole, I mean, mm-hmm. what, what do you what do you look back on most? Seems like that's, that's where you most established yourself, <laughs> obviously. Had my best years here. Uh, this is where I always knew I wanted to come back when I got picked up in the expansion draft. It was, I was on the golf course in Tri-Cities. I uh, had no idea. I looked at the players available in the expansion. Didn't realize as a young player how it worked. I think all, you see all these talented guys, maybe older guys that you think that are going to get picked. I had no idea. Uh, got called off the golf course as my agent said I got picked up in the expansion draft by Florida. I uh, was golfing with a friend of mine and met him at the gym after and his name was Scott Levins. And I said, Levy, I got picked up in the expansion draft today. I, I said, he said, no kidding. He said, so did I. <laughs> I said, by who? He said, by the Panthers. Me too. <laughs> so we were teammates in Tri-Cities and uh, we ended up down here in South Florida. Mm. At the time, another member of that team was Stu Barnes. 15 games in the season, we traded for Randy, Randy Gillen for Stu Barnes. And all of a sudden, my uh, first game that Stu played, Stu, I still got this picture. Stu was at center. 
Scott Levins was on right wing and I was on left wing for the first game. So we had three Tri-City Americans in our first game that were all best friends ended up playing and then just went on, had those first couple of years, the sunshine, grew to love this place. We had great teammates there uh, growing the game down here. It was electric at the start of it, uh, the Stanley Cup run with some of the most incredible people in, that I've ever met. Uh, we stay in touch to this day and uh, fell in love with the city, everything that evolved down here, and uh, just knew that I had Panther blood in me uh, for my lifetime. Played for a number of other teams, but this was, definitely was the team uh, that I cherished the most and uh, want to see some success and want to see a Stanley Cup down here someday. That would be the greatest feeling that I ever think I could experience. You, you talk about that, and obviously your team, the 96 team, has kind of been the gold standard for so long. It's been celebrated. Mm -hmm. we, we did the reunion a couple years ago, the anniversary of the Year of the Rat and everything. But like I said, how eager are you to just kind of pass that torch and have a team kind of supplant you guys as the most successful Panther team at this point? Everything. Even the goal that I scored is talked about. I'd like to see that goal supplanted with a you know, Stanley Cup winning goal. Anything. I am on board with its the, those are memories but those are a long time ago and we've had some tough times i want to see this team explode and it's it's tough to take the heat when you're bad and go through the, through those down times so you want to see that i want to see that excitement you saw it back a couple of years ago in the playoffs but you want to see that that run you want to see it for this franchise because these fans that have been here for the long haul deserve it this is a hockey town if you win the people are going to come out and support it and uh, I am excited, and I believe this group can get it done. But that, to me, would be the ultimate. I, I want to see it. That 96 was great, but that was a long time ago. It's time for some new memories and some historic times, and not only a Stanley Cup final, but a Stanley Cup finalist and win the championship. That would be, that would be what would just be... Awesome. And you talk about this being a hockey town. You obviously were, you talked about being a pioneer coming down to the first, one of the first inaugural <laughs> team, first hockey team in Miami and South Florida. Just how impressed have you been with the growth? I mean, you and I just driving around town here in Broward, just seeing cars with stickers or Panthers mm -hmm. license plates and everything, just kind of seeing the fever grow and the youth hockey and everything. It's, you got the rinks, you got Shane Gossespair, that's a Florida native, true Florida native in the NHL, uh, making an impact. You got rinks all the way from Kendall up to Palm Beach and uh, all around, you're seeing youth hockey programs explode. Jacob Chikrin, a guy that grew up down here, now playing for the Arizona Coyotes. So you're seeing the growth all over. And it's uh, even around the states, Arizona with uh, Austin Matthews, to see the game grow across and become a global sport. And especially in some of these southern states, I think it speaks volumes of the impact that hockey's having across the United States. And uh, folks, again, Territory Talk, Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive, Bill Lindsay here with us, our guest today. And, and just to tease it, once once we get probably into the, the uh, you know, into the summer and into next season, which is the 25th anniversary uh, season of the Panthers, there will be more Bill Lindsay talk <laughs> as we dig deeper into, uh, so I hope you're okay with that. You're going to be, yeah. be a repeat guest. We're going to dig deeper into that uh, inaugural season and find out about uh, those first few years, some of the behind the scenes stuff uh, as uh, you know, that was really the, the expansion team. That was the team that really put hockey on the, on the map down here in South Florida and really taught a lot of people about the game who'd maybe never, uh, never been around it, never seen it before. And folks, uh, something else we talk about on the broadcast quite a bit, uh, obviously Def Leppard's coming to the BB&T <laughs> yes. Center on August. August 17th they're going to be here so there is some time to plan that's uh, about uh, four months and change away but 
whenever we talk about the uh, upcoming shows at the BB&T Center, we always plug the upcoming shows on the broadcast. One of those is Def Leppard. And we always drop in the fact that that was Bill Lindsay's first <laughs> concert. And not o- so not, not only was your first NHL game at the Saddle Dome, your first concert <laughs> at the Saddle Dome, and it was Def Leppard about, uh, what, a year or two before your NHL debut. 1988, yeah, Tesla opened. I had the Union Jack muscle shirt, everything. I was Def Leppard to the core. That was my favorite band growing up. I've been able to see them a number of times, and they're still going, which is incredible, the chance to see them. Again, I'm going to make full effort to be here at the BB&T Center for that concert, but grew up a metal head uh, with all the metal bands. There used to be a ma- magazine called Circus Circus uh, with all the metal bands. Took out all the posters, put them up all over my room. Scorpions, Metallica, whatever you could dig up as far as hot, hard rock goes. Wasp, you remember a group Wasp. called Wasp. Uh, I mean, it was hardcore heavy metal for a long time for me. And Def Leppard was the leading, leading group of the pack for me. I feel like heavy metal used to actually be the soundtrack of the NHL back then. I know Yager said he came over and he worshipped Motley Crue back in the early yeah, 90s. Motley Crue was big, yeah. 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 But it seems like now, obviously, players are into hip-hop and EDM, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the thing, the main thing here, even even country. But you agree that kind of back then in the locker room and, and talking to your teammates back in the early 90s, late 80s, that it, it was a metal sport. I feel like ACDC had a big Oh, presence. I didn't know. The town I grew up, a coal mining town in Canada, uh, about 3,000 people. I didn't know there was any other bands for a long time, but but ACDC. <laughs> uh, so it was ACDC was the pioneer. That's all I heard. But uh, it was rock. Yeah, it was hard rock for a long time. Metal, metal led the charge when I was growing up and at the start of the NHL. Now we're dating ourselves a little bit, but how did the music go in the locker room back in the day? Did guys have a, a battery-powered boombox in there, and you'd stick mm. your tape in and just. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, there was the boombox that was carried around on the road. You had to unpack the boombox for the mu- for the music on the road. That's exactly right, and that's definitely dating ourselves, but that's uh, how the pump-up music was worked and orchestrated, and uh, the hierarchy got to choose the older guys. There was definitely the younger guys did not have their playlist involved. Uh, you had to listen to what the, the older captains and older guys wanted to listen to. Do you remember to. any of the, the, the older guys, maybe some of the bigger names, what they liked to listen to or any guy that kind of maybe had any quirks musically? Yeah, I used to get in, you started to get into NXS and uh, those type of bands. The more alternative rock bands, I think, started to make a in, in, in flux. And the Chili Peppers started to come on board and that type of music uh, started to get in. Uh, thrown in there. Country didn't come along in the NHL. And for me, in, until the very, very end, you started to get some uh, country music involved. But uh, it definitely, when I got to the NHL, at least my, my range got broadened as coming from my, my small town. I didn't, I didn't know there was anything but metal for a long, long time. So at least when I got there, it, my music uh, range expanded. Did you ever catch a lot of shows on the road, on road trips throughout your career Did you, when you had time, if it ever kind of lined up? Yeah, we would, I would try to make it as much as possible uh, to concerts wherever I could. Uh, any any standout in particular? Uh, bon Jovi. First time oh. I saw Bon Jovi. I always wanted to go see Bon Jovi. That one stuck out. I saw Guns N' Roses in Vancouver. Um, that was a big time thing. Motley Crue was an important band to see. Got to see Motley Crue along the line. Uh, so it's got to see as many as possible. The one band that I haven't seen that I would like to is ACDC. I never, never caught ACDC anywhere. And that's one live concert that I wish I would have seen. Do you remember how you got tickets back then? Did your team service manager get them for you or anything? Because you can't just pick up your phone back then and just get online and go to the box office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I would. I actually, whatever. I was okay. You're in the NHL, and at that time, 
when you're a young kid, you you think you're richer than rich. <laughs> when you're coming from junior hockey, where you're making sixty bucks, so I had no problem paying fifty, sixty, seventy dollars for for Just a go to a scalper and be like, to, oh, to go I'm for in the NHL. I did, I, no, I'll know, but I, yeah, Guns and Roses in Vancouver, I did. I scalped a ticket, and mm. just me and my wife just went out and got tickets. So uh, anyway, we could at that time. I didn't look for special perks. I just wanted to get in there and see the concert. And Bill Lindsay has a chance to see Def Leppard again and relive that first concert in August. Your music, your music range would really expand because you have the bands that you listen to and travel to see in the summer. I have to Google them uh, to check the music. The fact that you do Google them is pretty pretty impressive. So you, uh, you've definitely got an interesting eclectic taste in music as well. We might discuss that at some point (laughs) on Territory Talk if the folks are ready for it. (laughs) We might get into that a little bit later. We got, we're going to have weekly editions of Territory Talk. Uh, throughout uh, the rest of the, the, you know, throughout the rest of the season here, throughout the summer, and and that, yeah, that is a big season. that is a big change. We have big to, change. We're going to do bi-weekly in the summer, but thanks to all the listeners, it seems like you guys really enjoy this. So we're going to be doing weekly during the summer. So obviously, we're going to be less things to talk about during the summer, which makes things more fun for us because we get to come up with fun things to talk about. Yeah, and we will have uh, a never-ending list, a laundry list, if you will, of great topics here uh, on Territory Talk going on weekly from uh, now until. Forever. Well, forever, forever. Territory talks. Creativity, you guys. Not only broadcasters, now you're production producers. I uh, you are perhaps even entertainers. Entertainers, <laughs> you are starting to expand expand your roles. Uh, so that's, you're getting in there. That's what we do here on Territory that's, Talk. So more you can do, the better. So learn to skate. The Learn to Skate program. If you want to be a pro hockey player like Bill Lindsay, mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta start somewhere. Yep, you can uh, you can get into the uh, Panthers Learn to Skate program now. Open for boys and girls ages four to eight who have little to no ice skating experience. For $105, you not only get a pair of skates to keep, but also eight weeks of on-ice training from certified trainers. Visit floridapanthers.com slash learn to skate for more information. And, uh, and, a, and Billy, I know you mm-hmm. see a lot of kids who maybe hit the ice for the first time having never gotten out there or just get a, a hockey stick in their hand for the first time. And it's got to be rewarding to, to see a kid go from having little to no experience with the game to all of a sudden you know learning things about the game and feeling comfortable with it. This is one of the best initiatives that I've seen down here in South Florida throughout the NHL. It's put on with the NHLPA, the NHL, and the Florida Panthers all involved. With the, the learn to the learn to the play, learn to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, these learn to play programs. So you're starting to see these learn to play in the kids and uh, getting all the equipment, getting on the ice, and they're they're enthusiastic about it. And to see the improvement from the start, from week one, uh, to where they end up after five six weeks of playing hockey. When they're that young, they quick it up, pick it up so fast. So you're starting to introduce the game at the young age when they fall in love with it. And that's when you're going to see more and more players get into the game, start to evolve. And you'll see more NHL players come from states like, like Florida, Arizona, throughout. So it's uh, one of the best programs that we have out there. Well, you mentioned uh, a couple of the guys who grew up in Florida who are in the National Hockey League and, and Austin Matthews is from Arizona and it's it's not uncommon to see kids from California drafted anymore yeah. or kids from Texas so I mean it's it's becoming uh, much more widespread in terms of where the talent's placed uh, as far as hockey goes across the country but Folks, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of the Territory Talk podcast, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. And uh, a huge thanks to Bill Lindsay, our guest here, for stopping by today. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me on. This is 
Good stuff you guys are getting involved in, too. So. It's a, a roundtable discussion. For those of you who can't see it, because this is audio, we don't have video to support it, we are actually at a roundtable. In Club that Lexus. Is. In Club Lexus. In style. Yes. This has done nothing but pure style. This this is the most luxurious edition of Territory Talk <laughs> recorded to date. And, uh, and again, great to have everybody on board here. And uh, so uh, a reminder, weekly episodes of Territory Talk. You can find them at uh, floridapanthers.com. We'll post them on social media. You can follow all of us on Twitter. You can follow Jameson at Jameson Coop. Follow me at Doug Plagans. And uh, you can always uh, find those those links tweeted out. We'll be posting them. Uh, you can also get the show on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. Uh, go to floridapanthers.com slash Territory Talk. That's where you can find out all the information, the locations, where to listen, everything like that for Territory Talk. For this episode, for our past episodes, we chatted with Keith Yandel. We've had Mike Matheson. We've had Nick Bukestad. Had Danny Poppin last week. Wow. So a lot of great stuff that, uh, that you can go right into the archive, point-and-click access. You can uh, listen back to all the other conversations that we've had as well so we invite everybody to check out future editions take a look back at the archive check out the past editions as well and uh, again if you like the show feel free to leave us a review on any of those platforms we like the reviews we like to hear from everybody and again you can tweet us we always take suggestions we're always open to suggestions for territory <laughs> talk in summer definitely gonna do a mailbag so yes we'll shoot the we'll ask for questions here eventually down the down the road yep yep we can uh, we'll, t- we'll always take inquiries suggestions anything that uh, you have for us again you can tweet Jameson at Jameson Coop tweet me at Doug Plagans you can tweet today's guest Bill Lindsay <laughs> at Lindsay B Hockey he's uh, he's active in the Twitter world as well so again big thanks to Bill Lindsay our guest and uh, big thanks to everybody for checking out the show and uh, for Jameson all my partner here on Territory Talk I'm Doug Plagans we will see you next week Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.